So welcome along to the Boostly podcast. This is the podcast that gives hosts the tools, the tactics, uh, the training, and most importantly, the confidence on how you can go out there and get more direct biz- uh, bookings for your business. Easy for me to say. Today, we're going to be talking about metrics and all the things within your short-term rental business, because it is a business that you should or could be tracking Um, This is something that not everybody does, and I'm certainly guilty of it in the early stages. To help us do this, we're actually going behind the host with a successful short-term rental host who's based here in the UK, and uh, we're going to dive into his business, hear about his journey, and the sort of metrics that he tracks in particular. We've actually got some slides, which is why we've gone live on Facebook. So if you're on Facebook, just drop, uh, drop a little message saying where you're watching from, as we love to find out. And uh, yeah, leave. let me introduce uh, Ron Jansen. He's from one to stay.uk. So if you want to go and check them out, it's one to numeric stay.uk. Uh, he's got 30 doors himself, but it actually has over 100 on his website. And we're going to talk about how that works in just a moment. So welcome along, Ron. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much, Liam. So to get started, why don't you introduce your, yourself and your business? Uh, tell us where you are in the world and anything you'd like to share. Right. So I'm Ron. I am Dutch and I left the country many, many, many years ago in 85 to be precise. So I'm, I'm really a bit of a flying Dutchman because I've been living all over the place. <laughs> and of course, right now I am at home and home is in sort of greenish, but cloudy Hampshire, old Hampshire, not new Hampshire. <laughs> It's always cloudy in, in England, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, but that, that's a good thing, actually, because then you appreciate the fact that it's sunny. <laughs> Absolutely. Very true. Very true. So what model do you use? And uh, if you could, uh, I love the name, by the way, One to Stay, One to Stay, which is cool. Talk us through uh, what kind of model you use and why. Yeah, well, let me go back quickly. Uh, so I'm, I'm really in... An IT guy, I like to systemize things. I really think about, let's say, very, very logical structures. And that means, of course, that I always like to see things from a sort of block perspective, <laughs> as in Lego blocks almost. And, and that means that anything that I sort of do, it has to hang together in a proper, robust fashion. And yeah. I can go back in time a little, maybe not yet, but literally what I like to do is make sure that all the components that are used within the hospitality industry are glued together in a very, very uh, coherent way. And also making sure, of course, that you keep control if you want to grow that you, let's say, grow wisely, because obviously having a one property that you lived in before, for instance, and you want to rent it out, that's a totally different model than when you run up and scale up to 30, 40 by 100 or a few hundred. And then clearly you have to think much more about, okay, how do the professionals approach it? And then clearly you're looking at a let's say a Marriott or an IHG group, things like that. So that's, it's, that's a totally different uh, approach, but of course it, it means still you need to have the, the basic building blocks in place 
to make sure that everything stays robust. That sounds fair enough. Um, we will dive back into your background of uh, how you got started in hospitality. But mm -hmm. just before we do, in the intro bit, we mentioned you've got 30 doors yourself and there's 100 on your website. Talk us through, are the 30 other ones you own or manage? And the, the extra ones on your website, how does that work? Okay, so back in 17, I tried to manage myself. Problem was that 70 miles away is not convenient. <laughs> Clearly, it means that if there's an issue, you have to go up and down. In those days, we, we, we had an electronic lock, August. And that was very fiddly, but at least, at least we were able to say to a guest, here's the code, you can enter the flat. However, if something goes wrong, it takes an hour to be there. And, and, and that's not very practical. Plus, of course, all the cleaning and stuff like that. It's, it's extremely difficult to do anything like this remotely if you don't have the right people in place on site. And of course, if you're running your own, let's say, short-term rental and it's let's say within five minutes drive or several within a let's say 10 mile radius yes you can do things but then still you can't really do that much unless you have extra people because if you do it yourself all of it welcoming the guests cleaning maintenance and there are many many bits and pieces in the background as well because you have to do your admin that is quite intrusive if you don't give it the right intention because you may make mistakes and mistakes on the admin side ramp up then you have your marketing you have your sales and so it becomes a lot quickly and so uh stepping back to the first flat in 17 that was in Woolwich and of course another interesting bit is that you think quickly okay all you need is a flat Put furniture in it, put it on uh, Airbnb, booking.com, anywhere, and it will sell. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. <laughs> Clearly, you have to do your marketing. Secondly, you need to have your maintenance in place, your cleaning, etc. But then, of course, most people forget, if it's flat, do you have permission from the freeholder to run a business activity? Because after all, it is a business activity. And it, in this case, it's quite funny. This, this flat is in a very, very nice block of flats in, in Woolwich, Royal Arsenal. Very nice development, very modern Thames. However, the lease clearly says you can't run a business like a short-term rental. However, in those days, when you look on Airbnb, booking.com, you see about 70, 80 hosts in that area advertising mm -hmm. of course if that's already in breach with the lease then clearly it's an accident waiting to happen and so that's a typical example people just off the cuff start a business as in oh i can do that but they don't think about the consequences or let's say the viability long term mm -hmm. 100%. which is, a, which is a, a, a typical thing that again if you don't think about it as a business, how sustainable is it? How, how robust are the foundation blocks? Then, yeah, it, it, it is risky, to be honest, even if you're having a healthy turnover. And I'm sorry for all the people who are relying on OTAs. Again, it's like 
you're having a flat with a freeholder who does like this, however, it's not allowed in the lease. If you're running your business and all your bookings are coming in from OTAs and other websites and you're not in control, actually, you don't even get the real contact details unless you're a bit clever about it. Mm -hmm. Again, it, you're, you're too depending or too dependent on others. And, and that's, that's a business risk, to be honest. Definitely. Definitely. And to be fair, I mean, it's one of those things which the message from Boostly has been for a while, which is make sure you're not just putting all your eggs in one basket. Don't build your business on somebody else's land, as Mark Simpson says. Yeah. Um, what's happened then since then? So that's 2017 was the first, uh, the first flat. Bring us up to uh, where we are now. Okay, where we are now. Um, I think it's time to share some slides because that, that makes it slightly more visual. Mm -hmm. because it's a bit of a yeah that's cool we've let you share the slides and for anyone listening on the podcast we will uh we'll cover uh what that is if you watch on the facebook live or if you're on youtube you'll be able to see them on the screen uh in just a moment yeah very very simple graph really so i'm i'm showing the first four flats that i started with it is in chalfon st giles uh four flats in a block of eight fully cooperative landlord who owns the whole block. And he actually says, okay, how many do you want? And I said, um, okay, well, first of all, I'm in Hampshire. Chalfont is not around the corner. <laughs> so that, that's challenge number one. Luckily, I found an operator who was more than capable to do the maintenance, do the cleaning, etc. So that box was ticked. And I said, okay, Four out of eight seems reasonable. So literally I started with four flats, bearing in mind my attempt from 2017, which was also remote. However, I thought, okay, lessons learned. I know much more now than I knew then. So yes, let, let, let's go for it and, and yeah, see and how it runs. Just to double check, Ron. So for for people listening, the the one in two thousand seventeen did that stop because of the the lease issues? Was that what what stopped that one, or was it just a case of maybe the wrong wrong place? Did you sort of wind that one up? Actually, very good question. So when we had our first first guest in seventeen, that was a Chinese student, mm -hmm. uh, very polite guy, very nice, stayed one month. Not a single issue apart from smoking on terrace, but hey, on the terrace is fine. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Second guest, just someone from Canterbury mm -hmm. on paper. We forgot because we are very naive that it was around Halloween. And a few days later, when we came in the flat to clean, I think we had about 1500 pounds in damages. Oh, no. Lots of mess the little capsules with sort of laughing gas mm -hmm. all over the place and bottles and stains and it was a nightmare and then of course you say okay let's have a break do we really want this yeah so that sort of put you off back in 2017 so the next question and i know people will be uh dying for me to ask is you've what, what year is these four flats what year was this was this same year or 2018 
the four flats 2021 so exactly two years ago in march cool and the question people will be dying to ask is obviously you've then found flats which uh most importantly bring everyone's attention to it is that you've got permission from the landlord and the owner the freeholder of the building so there's no lease restrictions on it but how did you find this landlord who was willing to hand over the four straight away because uh there's a lot of people out there who would like to be in that position good question so in um march 2020 okay so um I'm an IT guy and I literally started contracting for quite a lot of companies in 2011. That means that I was traveling a lot all over Europe. And also that meant that you start to accumulate some money if you're a contractor. It's a, it's a sort of a occupational hazard, if you like. Mm -hmm. And so you think, okay, with your money, you've got to do something because sitting in the bank is nothing. So I started to buy properties. First off-plan trading, as in buying off-plan and then selling them before they complete. That's one mm -hmm. thing. And then, of course, I started to keep properties. And then you start to get immersed in the property world, as in property developers, all sorts of different people you come across. And then, of course, you, I, I started to extend my network. And typically, one of the people you bump in much more than usual is developers mm -hmm. and so literally through my network you get to know more and more people who are either buying properties refurbishing renting them out or buying and then sort of transforming them into a short-term rental mm -hmm. or they literally do it in a whole block and they change it into an apart hotel and so yeah networking really get out there that's 100 that's another I mean, this case of your yeah, network is your net worth. And this one that we often say here is yes. that ultimately by putting yourself in those kind of circles, you're going to get opportunities. And, you know, that sounds is exactly what you've done here. So talk us through this, um, talk us through this slide you've got up here. So for, for people who are listening in the podcast, we've got a slide um, for short-term rental attempt number two, and we're looking at the revenue per calendar month um, starting from uh, 2021. Yeah, so literally because it was only four flats, and of course it, it means that you have to pay your deposit. So that, there's a lot of costs involved in, in ramping them up, especially mm -hmm. your, your deposit, uh, your furniture, because quickly you, you, you spend about 5K a flat just in furniture. Mm -hmm. So it, it adds up. And then of course you start to do the marketing. In, in those days, again, mainly driven by the OTAs, but yeah, it, it happened. You have to start somewhere. And so that, that was actually quite decent. And so let me move forward a bit. And so about one year later, we looked back and in the meantime, which was quite interesting, those four flats, they turned into seven flats nice. for the so simple you... reason that the landlord was happy with the fact that we treated it with as a professional business. Mm -hmm. Contrary to 2017, we have cameras everywhere outside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we know exactly what's going on. Which I ones eat... do you use, Ron? Which ones do you, do you use? Uh, we the... have the ring. 
Ring doorbell. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. It's easy, straightforward. And of course, that means if you scale, literally, the, the t I'll explain a bit later how the whole back office is set up and the guys literally have screens <laughs> with lots of cameras. It's almost like a security center. Mm. It's, it's quite good. Yeah, um, yeah, so literally the landlord was quite happy and he said, okay, as soon as there's a, a tenancy ending, you got first choice whether you want it or not. And so literally now we sort of control seven doors out of eight, which is nice. quite good. Nice. How does the eighth one, how is he, how is that person getting on? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that person likes different neighbors now and then. <laughs> Absolutely. I imagine you'll get the eighth before long. <laughs> uh, well, to be honest, there are so many other doors that I can, uh, let's say, put my hands on. So <laughs> mm, that's cool. It's nice it's... Where, where things have turned around from wanting the apartments to now being offered, isn't it? It's always a nice time, which uh, in short term rental, when you're starting off and there'll be people listening to this getting started and, you know, it does come all of a sudden people will turn to you and be offering your doors as opposed to you searching for doors it just happens and it yes. happens through good business practice exactly what you're Absolutely. saying there so yeah one of the lessons to take away yeah and of course get yourself out there not not just let's say your your specific target group but as i said in the beginning be be kind to people whatever they do they can be a cleaner and the cleaner can be a cousin or a good friend of a developer or an investor or anything so don't dismiss anyone that you think of oh, that person whatever mm -hmm. it's it's very let's say superficial and long term not very wise <laughs> makes sense that makes sense and obviously one of the things we're here to talk about is the the different metrics that you're tracking and here obviously you're tracking the um, overall total revenue um, for your units um, what other sort of metrics do you track as a business and why yeah, so the, the key things I track, obviously, is the, the daily rate, mm -hmm. because that's, that's a key thing. That's, that, that's a bit of a, a dark eye, to be honest, because your daily rate or your nightly rate, it's, it's a typical thing. If it's too low, you're quickly going to be sold out. However, you may not make enough money as you could. And then of course, yes, your occupancy will be about 100%. However, you're leaving money on the table. On the other side, yes, you can say, okay, I'm going to be the most expensive in the area, in the area. So that means you need to do your market research properly. And that can be on air DNA. The, you can just pretend to be a guest and go on Google, find properties that are comparable in the area mm -hmm. and say, okay, how much do they charge and can I make a difference with my offering and does it justify a higher price or do I need a bit lower or, or something? There are many, many strategies. And again, it's a business mindset at that point, because then you have to think, okay, what comes, let's say to mind, if you want to sell something at the right price, mm -hmm. yes, you can make it cheap. You will sell quickly. However, you don't make the most money. If you sell expensive, okay. If you're like a Louis Vuitton or LMHA, then, then yes, you can ask a lot because you have your brand. 
But if you don't have your brand yet, you, you can't get away with it. So it, it, it's the whole sales and marketing area. It's almost a profession. Well, it is a profession by itself. Mm -hmm. And so again, if you're a host and you're just having one property, be prepared. You're going to be not a specialist, but you need to be familiar with quite a lot of different areas. And I'm not even talking about bookkeeping, accounting, <laughs> taxes. That's a whole different world altogether, especially if you grow because they have Tom's and all sorts, which is another area. And so there are so many bits that really touch even one door mm -hmm. that most people don't even realize that, that it's potentially quite complicated if you're not keeping tabs on everything. Um, yeah, but going back to the, um, the, the balancing act, if you like, so literally you need to have a very good understanding of the relationship between occupancy and your nightly rate and that that's key. And of course you have your seasons. So that means February, everyone was complaining, <laughs> hardly any book is anywhere. And that was not even in the UK, it was in many more areas. Mm -hmm. And it's, 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 yeah, normally, you know, already January, February, March is a bit slow. And then it sort of picks up and then sort of goes very, very strong until August, September. And then it sort of dies down again, peak in December. Of course, that means that you can do some strategic planning around those periods. Mm -hmm. So don't ramp up a property that is costing you a lot of money in September. Mm. That's not very wise. <laughs> and so I'll show you a chart in the, in a second. And literally, uh, I'll do it right now. I see by the way. Mm -hmm. So we are now in, uh, so I'm showing a chart and that stops in February 22. So that means by then I was controlling seven doors a healthy turnover and I was literally ready for more. Mm -hmm. And so what did I do? I took on a full block of six. Nice. Along the Thames, nice place, new building, used to be a pub. Typically pub converted into six flats. Mm -hmm. They were trying to sell it. They were struggling to sell, struggling to sell it. And I said, okay, fine. Would you like to have a long-term Lease contract, five year, no voids. The rent is almost comparable with what you normally would receive. However, you know, no voids and you don't even pay a letting agent. Yeah, if you want to, you can have a letting agent control and check the flat every six months, three months, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's so it's certainty for the landlord and that was appealing to them. And of course, because I had the it sounds rude. The other landlords sort of in my pocket, if you like, mm -hmm. as in supporting me. And of course I said, okay, talk to this guy because he knows what I'm doing and he's happy because he all, all he does is gives me more flats. If you're struggling on how to get direct bookings and overwhelmed on where to start, then I recommend you go and book in a call with Boostly and our team right now. We can walk you through exactly what we're offering, how we can help you and give you a portfolio of websites that we have worked with that are matching not only your niche, but could be in your location as well. 
Boostly has helped over 2,000 hospitality businesses all over the world increase their direct bookings. And if you are interested, then all you need to do is go to Boostly, B-O-O-S-T-L-Y dot co dot UK forward slash call and book in an appointment with one of our sales team. I'm going to jump in there and just say it's the power of testimonials, isn't it? We do it with our guests. So why aren't we doing it with, if you're a management agent or if you're doing, uh, you know, sort of rental arbitrage, rent to rent, that side of things, getting a testimonial from the people you're already providing good value to is just so important. And this it's one thing which uh, Mark often challenges people to, which is don't just get a written testimonial, ask your landlords or your guests if they'd mind to do a little video uh, testimonial, you know, 10, 15 seconds is all it needs to be. And that helps to build a lot of trust with, uh, with other members. So you've got your first block of six, what happens then in June, 2022? Yeah, guess what? It's a bit like fleas. Next block. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 it's, that's typical, you know, people with money, they say, yeah, the beginning is hard, but the next million is easy. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, to to someone who doesn't even have one property yet, mm -hmm. it sounds like, well, yeah, right. But actually, it, now I speak with, let's say, some, uh, not authority, but experience. And yes, one, once you're up and running, but again, it, it's about, all about foundations. If your foundations are not right, you will fall over as soon as you start to scale too quick. Can I ask, was there any worries um, when you were taking on blocks? Obviously, you're committing to probably a chunky lease there in terms of, you know, the uh, what the monthly rev, uh, monthly costs are going to be. Was there any worries over that or were you confident um, that the units were going to work and perform? And if so, how were you confident? Yeah, so obviously it, you do a lot of market research. And so... Um... Luckily, I already had the experience of one year sort of running seven flats remotely. Mm -hmm. And of course, the key is there. You need to have a very, very robust team in place that does the daily ops. And they partly do the marketing together with me. Mm -hmm. And that, that, that definitely helps. Then, of course, you say, okay, you're in one area. So if you're going to extend into A next, it is, let's say, suitable for your avatar. And the avatar, to be honest, it can be anything that brings in, as I call them, bums in the bed. Simply because you need to make sure that whatever your property looks like, it needs to be appealing. For instance, if you want to, if, if, you, if your avatar are contractors, then the first thing contractors want, sorry, uh, building contractors. I'm an IT contractor. I don't care about a parking space that is high enough for my van because I don't need a van. But if you're a contractor, then clearly you usually have a van with expensive tools. So you need to offer on-site safe parking. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then forget it. It's not the right location. It's not the right property. So then you have to think about, okay, is it appealing for another avatar? Maybe corporate clients, but they're not contracts, but maybe more IT guys, mm -hmm. project managers, or maybe 
people who need to relocate from one location to another? Is there a business park nearby? Uh, large companies, internationals, multinationals. And so there are many, many things you can look at. And then of course, the question is, what, what's the competition? And then you can say, okay, fine. There is no competition, which can be two ways. <laughs> Either you can say, okay, there is no market because there's no competition. <laughs> or you can say, okay, actually, it's great because I'm going to be the first one and it's going to be my footprint, mm -hmm. my little kingdom. So it, it really depends on your mindset, really. And of course, it, it, it's also a matter of what do you really want to achieve? Uh, because some of them, they are very, very low key. They say, okay, fine. If I have, let's say, one guest and if they stay for, let's say, two or three weeks, that's fine. And I don't mind having a void because I'm making a lot of money and it's not my main occupation, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But again, if you want to run it as a business, you need a different mindset. You need to make sure that you are almost at 80-90% and good maximized rates. And so, yeah, again, it, it depends. I definitely want to come on to some of the uh, the tools that help you to to do that, Ron. But I also want to be conscious of your time, and I know you've got some slides to uh, to show us. Um, so I'm going to let you go through your slides, um, and then uh, after that, we'll go back to sharing full screen again, um, and we'll uh, we'll hit some questions uh, to you after that. Um, so talk us through these these slides and the metrics of your business. Yeah, so I'm going to make it relatively quick because if you don't stop me, I'll talk until <laughs> it's now quarter to two until four or so it's, it's my uh, my bad thing <laughs> so this is a typical example of what happens if you look at revenue from a seasonal perspective as i mentioned you see quite a healthy period in july august it's a typical summer months now of course there's property so the dark blue one that is uh von St. Giles, that is, let's say, a little northwest of Uxbridge, mm -hmm. uh, between Uxbridge and the Chilterns. So it, it's an interesting area because you can literally uh, have many avatars there, especially quite a lot of relocations and also refurbishments. So the orangey one is, or some pink, is the one in Shepparton next to the Thames. Let's uh, you can see. They're almost the same size constantly. Mm -hmm. It's a typical location for most people go to London from there, but also the Shepparton Studios, Thor Park. So it, it's a healthy mix between sort of tourism for London, local tourism and business. Mm -hmm. That's a and really then, good sign, isn't it? For, for that, that looks as though staying consistent. Yes. Pretty much around all, all months of the year, which is so important, having a, uh, you know, a season, a, a business which isn't a seasonal within your structure. Very much so, yes. And, and th that's why I like lots of charts and graphs, just to make mm -hmm. sure that I can see what's going on instead of just numbers, because th th this makes it almost intuitive. You can see, as you, as you correctly said, you can see straight away, okay, yeah, mm -hmm. it is very constant, consistent. And yes, of course, January, February, slightly less, but 
only a little. And so you really can rely almost on that kind of property. Mm -hmm. And then of course the brownish or goldish color that is an interesting one simply because that is 50 meters from Agam train station. No parking, but you can see it's, it's constant <laughs> and it's simply because of the location. Agam is half an hour into Waterloo station. And again, you have a good mix between business and leisure. It's good. It just goes to show how important location is, isn't it? Because um, so many people I see, uh, especially doing rental arbitrage or, or rent to rent, um, if you're here in the UK, <clears throat> they they basically go out and find one which might not be the best location, but because it's an offer they've got, they're going, yeah, let, let's just do it. And you're like, no, this that first one can make or break your your business. You know, like it's so important to get that first one right. And so using things like Air DNA. Um, I use Price Lab Marketplace myself and um, actually just speaking to people like like this, listening to podcasts like this, where mm. actually you can pick up the information is about you're thinking about who's traveling, what do they need, how often are they going to stay? And if any of the things that they need is a no, then you need to be saying no to that property. You know, like if, if it's if it's not right, it just needs to needs to be a no and keep looking. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And it's a, it's a typical thing from the, from the property world. You don't want to be a motivated seller, but also you should not never, ever, ever be a motivated buyer. Mm -hmm. And in this case, yes, if you're offered, being offered something, and especially if it's your first one, just be careful and then do a sanity check, ideally with people who know what they're talking about, mm -hmm. not me, please, because. I don't have time for 6 million people calling me all the time, but it's a typical thing that you need to be aware of before, before you start a business, like any business. And for, so, for people who, who are looking for somewhere, if you go into the hospitality community on Facebook and you pop a post out sort of requesting information, there'll be a huge, uh, there's a huge resource basically for uh, anybody who's looking. Um, but uh, Ron, did you have another slide to, to show us? Uh, yeah, let me quickly show you the green line here. So this is literally a 12 month rolling average mm -hmm. of the revenue. So you can see it goes up steady. Mm -hmm. And so it's just not, not to show off, but clearly how I analyze things. So literally this means this green line stops here. So it's, let's say it's 0.5. Now 0.5 is half a million. So literally I'm doing half a million turnover. Bear in mind, I'm on my own. I outsource everything. I don't run around with cleaning equipment or a hammer and nails. Mm -hmm. And so if, if you set it up like a business, you get results like a proper business. Simple as that. One, one of my first questions would be from that is how do you outsource? I mean, um, I'm a short-term rental host myself and at any given time, you never know what problems are going to, going to creep up and, um, you know, anything from plumbing to, you know, leaks in the roof to parties or, or things like that. 
who do you have on the on the ground checking this stuff and especially around contractors um you know i think cleaning you can find good cleaners if you search in certain areas but particularly handymen um how do you find good good people to do the kind of the the maintenance kind of stuff you're asking a, a good question to the wrong person uh fair <laughs> enough <laughs> because uh i i i hate uh, micromanaging mm -hmm. and so uh, it doesn't mean that I'm sort of been sitting in my ivory tower <laughs> and just pull some strings but uh, I, I just make sure that the people on the ground are let's say um, in close contact with the guys that I, I outsource the work to mm -hmm. and, and so literally uh, I'm I'm having a team around me, four people, and those four, they literally organize the maintenance, the cleaning, bits and bobs, mm -hmm. potentially new acquisitions, and, and, and that helps a lot because after all, with 30, sorry, now 30 properties, you, you can't do everything on your own. Right. And so literally, again, they need network as well. And so people who do maintenance, they know those guys and they say, okay, I know that you are ramping up a block in Shepparton, for instance, and can we help you in maintaining it? If you need anything, just reach out to us. And of course, if you're doing that for a few years, again, it's testimonials, you get to know each other and then you know who you can rely on at 11 p.m. on a Saturday or Sunday night mm -hmm. because in this business, it's 24-7. It's and so you need to be having people who are reliable, not only cleaning, not only maintenance, because cleaning can also be required at night. Mm -hmm. There can be an accident something. And then you need to have someone who is almost on standby. And of course, it's also, you need to have a support team that is getting that phone call from a guest in the middle of the night. Mm. And so again, for that purpose, literally we are using a call center, partly in India, partly in the Philippines. There's 40 people sitting there doing nothing else than keeping an eye on the properties mm -hmm. because you need to, you need to be able to offer a service as 24 seven, not only locally, but also in the back end. because if someone forgets a key or a code or something, someone needs to be there always. Definitely. It's like yeah. a night watch. <laughs> you do. Uh, I mean, just having the right people around you is, is so important. So. Ron, I know um, we've probably got about five minutes left. Did you want yep. to share any more slides or did, uh, if not, will uh, uh, average daily rate versus occupancy? Uh, I do, yes. Yeah. So this is clearly indication of the, the seasonality. Mm -hmm. And you can see here. So literally dotted lines are in the past. Solid lines are now. Mm -hmm. So you can clearly see January, February uh, because it's dark green. That is 2000, uh, sorry, yeah, 2023. And so obviously, because we have more units, it looks a bit higher. However, 
it's also more units in better areas. So also not only better areas, but you get more experience in maximizing your profit. Mm -hmm. So not only having a higher daily rate, but also a better occupancy. Because you, know, you, you learn to play the game better, so to speak. Quick break from the podcast to let you know that the two Boostly books that we brought out, the Book Direct Playbook and the Book Direct Blueprint, are two of the top rated and the best selling in the hospitality category on Amazon. For just £2, you can grab both of those books right now. The foundations and the structures that you need to put in place is in the Blueprint. And then for 101 Marketing Tactics, that is in the Playbook. So go and grab a copy on Amazon now. Just type in Book Direct Playbook or the Book Direct Blueprint. And uh, we'll see you on the other side. That makes sense. That makes sense. And obviously over time, it's just a case of improving these average daily rates um, yes. along along with the occupancy. And I know um, one of the things which we measure is, is RevPAR, which is where you know we're, we're taking into consideration both occupancy and the average mm. daily rate. Awesome. You've got one. <laughs> <laughs> so, Here's one I prepared earlier. <laughs> awesome. For those listening to the podcast, Ron's brought up a slide which shows the RevPAR. And um, just remind me again how you get to RevPAR. Is it the average daily rate divided by the occupancy? Is that right? Yes. Yep. Lovely. Yes. Is it three revenue per average room? Yeah. And on this slide, I go one step further because revenue is one thing. However, I like to know how much money I have left mm -hmm. at the end of the day. So that is NOP par, which stands for net operating profit. Okay. That's not one. Which is uh, even more important. Net operating profit. So this is tracking the actual profit month to month, basically. From, yes. And yeah. again, uh, the lighter the color, the longer back it is. Mm -hmm. And of course, again, dotted lines are in the past. So this gives me a bit of a feel, but you can see here the, the light green in March 21, that was when I started the first four flats. Mm -hmm. And so clearly that's an indication that yes, it was a bit of a, a starting, let's say hurdle, mm -hmm. which is normal. Yeah. And then and clearly- Important to mention results. as well, important to mention for people that um, we mentioned it to our clients that during the first month, two months, revenue is just going to be low you know that's when you've got you've got a clean before the first day and after the first day you've got the um setup costs there'll be stuff which you didn't know needed fixing or doing so you'll have extra Absolutely. costs all of that sort of stuff so just be prepared if you're launching a unit that you know the the actual net um operating profit is is actually going to probably be a minus on the first month and and low on the the leading months and then it starts to get going and you can see that here can't you across the the graph very much so, yes. So the good thing is if people are watching this recorded, then they can stop the video and they can have a good look. Yeah. That's, uh, okay. So going forward, this of course is key for an insight in the direct bookings. Obviously green means direct bookings. Mm -hmm. Red is uh, from our friends at booking.com, Airbnb, etc. Uh, you can see that luckily in 21, we had quite a lot of diary bookings. In 22, we didn't give it enough atten attention simply because I was distracted by IT contracts. 
mm -hmm. uh, it happens. So you can see now that we are focusing back on the diary bookings. It goes back up. And I want to have at least 50% diary bookings, if not more. Because I'm looking at tomorrow. And so tomorrow means that right now, or let's say last month, we have 15 units or doors. And currently we have 30. So we are ramping up another block of 15 this time, sorry, 14 in Birmingham or near Birmingham. So that means that the expected turnover will be double. Mm -hmm. So literally I'm looking at about a million, give or take, which is quite healthy. Uh, and of course, because I look at it from a business perspective, I have my net profit at the bottom. I have my gross profit at the bottom. And so I can keep a very close eye and okay, what is happening and does it still match the projection? If not, why not, etc. And just for, for people listening, and I think this is important, especially a lot of people um, who are starting short-term rental, they might not have a business as such. And we've mentioned several metrics to track. So obviously the key ones people tend to know about occupancy, average daily rate. We've then talked about RevPAR. We've then talked about the a net operating profit as well. So yep. that's a, that's one which I certainly hadn't heard of before this podcast. But obviously it boils down to exactly what we've got here, which is what is your top line revenue? So that's all the money that you actually get in. What is your gross profit? And what is your net profit? And for those uh, listening, can you explain the difference between the two? What What is gross profit versus net, net profit regarding your short-term rental? Yes, so the typical thing is your gross profit is what you have left after you pay stuff like your rent, etc. As in the direct costs. Leasing, for instance, if you rent a flat, then obviously your rent is a direct cost. Mm -hmm. Utilities, things like that. However, there's also a thing called overhead. And overhead is anything that you spend on the back office. So which is accountancy for instance yeah um and you can also say i'm going out networking having dinners mm -hmm. and blasts in nashville and all sorts that is over <laughs> it <laughs> i like the mention that is uh as we record this as the str conference in nashville and yeah definitely it is offsetable overhead <laughs> yes and so literally what you have left is your clearly net profit and of course that's the part that uh, well some people like to uh, minimize it because then they pay less tax but yeah it, 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 it's uh, let's say it's questionable the main thing is you need to be aware um, and actually I don't have it here in this slide but what I also keep a very very close eye on is your profit margin as mm -hmm. in what's the percentage of net profit that you are left with compared to your revenue. So mm -hmm. let's say if you have revenue of 1 million and you're, uh, you're left with 100,000 mm -hmm. net profit, then you have your net profit margin of 10%. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, it depends from industry to industry. Sometimes 20% is quite bad. Sometimes 10% is quite good. Mm -hmm. it, it depends. And literally, we are running around 20-ish percent. And that seems to be quite decent. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. And what I'd love for everybody out there listening to this, and certainly something which, um, you know, I'll speak to my business partner about is just to get, you know, these figures down on paper, because once you know what these figures are, a bit like a pilot steering, you know, a, a, an airplane, you need these measurements to at least adjust course and put yourself back on course. And um, I don't know, that might have been yourself wrong. So somebody was saying that a pilot is off course. 99% of the time, they're just making little adjustments all the time to still get to their destination, which is, uh, which is so important. Yes. Let's say you're flying from Manchester to Nashville, then you know you're going to end up in Nashville. However, 99%, you're not really heading, yes, you're heading for Nashville, but you have to make corrections all the time. Mm -hmm. the, the same here, to be honest. And so that, that means that you really need to focus on, okay, what, what are they say the, what, what, what's your vision? That that's one key thing because your vision is your goal. Mm -hmm. In this case, Nashville, for instance, or you say, okay, I want to have a viable business model with a revenue of X and a profit margin of Y, for instance, and then you can fill in the blanks. I literally have a behind this screen, <laughs> I have a vision board. So literally the things, what I do it for are there, mm -hmm. both from the past, present and future. It's a healthy mix. So you can sort of be grateful, see what you have now and project it in the future. It, it, it's, it's a very helpful thing that I, that I do. And of course it, it brings you back to the basics isn't okay. What, what are the, the key bits you're, you're looking at? For instance, you have to make sure that you are matching your property with your avatars. You have to make sure that you have your reliable people on the ground for cleaning, for maintenance, your quality control. You need to make sure that your standards are always kept up. Mm -hmm. If you're having more than one property, make sure that they all meet the same standards. Not that one is better than the other, because clearly if you have a guest staying somewhere, they say, oh, you have a property there as well. And they go there and then it's a totally different experience. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's very bad, especially if you want to build a brand, then it's not so good. And then of course, in, in, in the background, you have to make sure that all your uh, fundamentals are in place, as in, okay, you need to make sure that you have a proper control of the property. If you don't own it, ideally have it at least for five years. That's what I do nowadays. Because if it's too short, you can't maximize the location. You, could, you can't maximize the marketing. And that, that's, that's a bit tricky. Uh, you have to stay on top of yourself. Again, the marketing, the finances. And literally, I, I have uh, nowadays, uh, I'm, I'm in a very, very lucky position that I have a board. And they are really keeping me accountable. Mm -hmm because I wanted them to make me accountable, sort of a, a self-inflicting thing, but it, it's good because literally it means that it's not uh, me telling him, oh yeah, no, it, it will come tomorrow. No, no, no. Ron, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? 
Why didn't you, you a, meet your targets? You make a really good point because it's one of the things where um, as soon as I got myself a business partner, somebody who I'm accountable to, you know, like it's, it's so important to, and like you say, if you're a company with a board, then obviously yep. <laughs> that, that is the job, isn't it? Of the company to produce profit for, for uh, the shareholders and that. So ultimately um, when it comes down to it, if there's somebody out there who's starting a short-term rental business, there's lots of things you can do. And certainly something which I wish I'd have done in the early days is get an accountability partner, somebody who you can share this high level stuff to. Um, it can be, you know, somebody else in the same sort of um, industry. You could find somebody within a mastermind or something like that. Or you could even just have a family member which go, look, every month I'm going to, I'm going to go and share this information or friend, and uh, you, you're sharing this information and, you know, get them to ask these questions of you, you know, preferably somebody who is able to ask hard questions, because that is the important bit, isn't it? You need to kind of feel when when something's yours, this is the difference between employment to owning your own business, isn't it? You can, you haven't got a, a boss necessarily. So you kind of need that accountability and um, having an ex, um, not just yourself, but having somebody um who can give you that accountability is just so important. So um, I really, really like this. And um, as we bring this to towards a close, uh, Ron, is there any last moment shares? If not, we'd just love to ask a couple of um, quick fire questions uh, towards the end of these. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, yes. yeah, well, go ahead. Yeah, feel free um, to unshare the screen just so we get the uh, the full screen. I know my yeah, editors. Let me. <laughs> Keep your sex so contact details. So uh, of course, yep. you can go to either one to stay if you're a lazy typer like me, or you do a one to stay, and that means it means UK net and com because we are now extending into uh, Spain and and Dubai and Canada are around the corner as well. So nice, nice. I'm, I'm stationary, but I'm not sitting still. <laughs> definitely go and check out the website i mean the website looks amazing as well and uh it's good to see and i actually saw your your units which are based overseas as well on there so um really really cool to see so as we we bring these to a close i'd love to just ask a couple of uh quick fire fun questions so the first question is uh who would you invite to a dinner party you can have a couple of people at a dinner party uh living or dead who would you invite who would i invite um, Mr. Ford. Nice. Simply Ford because um, he was one of the pioneers. Uh, one of my favorites, of course, Napoleon. Ah, oh, yes, Napoleon. Uh, Napoleon uh, Hill. Yeah, awesome. Because he was. He's, he's clearly the daddy of Anthony Robbins and all sorts. Yeah, he's brilliant. And uh, one of the reasons I'm standing here now, I wouldn't uh, be standing here doing this if it wasn't for reading Think and Grow Rich on a beach in Corfu about uh, six, seven years ago. So, um, and the last question we always love to end with is, do you have a mantra or a saying that you can share with us uh, that resonates with you? Uh, yeah, I'll always be kind to everyone because you don't know, let's say, who knows who, that that's one thing. And if the proverbial hits the fan, you can be in a, let's say, less envi enviable position yourself in a few years. So it, it means that be careful. Don't judge before you know everything about the person. So just be kind, be cautious, and then, yeah, 
It's so very true. So very true as well. And thank you so much, uh, Ron, for for spending your time with us. I feel as though we've we've gone on a roller coaster of uh, knowledge. I mean, how to get blocks, you know, building those relationships, uh, what to avoid when getting properties, you know, in terms mm. of the, the lease restrictions, things like that, who to have on the ground. And then obviously the key thing that, that we said we were going to discuss, which is the uh, the metrics of a business. And I've learned certainly a lot of that. And it's very clear to me that, uh, you know, there's there's a wealth of knowledge that you've got, but also there's a lot that we as short-term rental owners can put into our business. So homework from this, everybody who's listening, go and find out what your uh, revenue is, your gross profit, and then your net profit. And of course, the key one, which is um, those those key figures, which are daily to look at the occupancy, the average daily rate, the rev par. And what was the other one? The profit, net operating profit? Nope, not par. Not par. Not par. And of not course, your, your net profit margin. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Was there anything uh, to share that we missed at all? I know there was a lot more that we could have dived into, but any okay. last years? <laughs> there, are, there are so many things. So literally right now, uh, because I'm a Salesforce guy, let's say over the, for the last 15 years, I'm now moving everything into Salesforce. So that will be my standard dashboard, including Marketing Cloud, because obviously if you want to scale, you have to scale it again professionally. That's what mm -hmm. I learned with all my meetings in the C-suite in my profession before <laughs> STR. And uh, that, that's it really, to just grow wisely if you want to grow. But make sure the whatever you do is it's let's say sound because you need to make sure that something is robust enough to withstand like cash crunches banks falling over like last week and so you need to make sure that you have a proper model and ideally a very very healthy cash flow because if you have a healthy cash flow then you can survive many things to be honest cash is king they say certainly absolutely yeah. yeah or queen or queen yeah absolutely thank you so much uh ron for My spending pleasure. time with us really appreciate you sharing your um your business with us and, and your story and i hope to speak to you again so thank you too if you're listening to this on the facebook live um that's it from us from this live recording of the boostly podcast uh i know there's a lot of places you can put your attention and i really thank you for putting it with us so that's bye from me and bye from ron see you on the next one